Yoo-hoo, horses, it's time for snacks. Welcome to the Barrel Horse Life podcast, where we're going to talk all things horses, barrel racing, and life. This podcast features conversations with world champions, hustlers, and those who make the horse industry a better place. I am your host, Amy Davenport, and I'm super pumped that you came along for the ride. After the episode, please take a second to share with a friend and on social media. It really helps others find our show. All right, well, let's get started. Doing everything possible to keep my horses sound and moving naturally without pain has been my key to success, and let me tell you how it's done. Draw It Out is an all-natural topical liniment that removes inflammation, heat, and soreness to keep our horses competing at the top of their game. It's completely safe, 100% natural, and really easy to use. Their deep penetrating formula is completely sensation-free, so it goes on gently with no heating, no cooling, and no tingling effects. You guys, that means no burns and no blisters on our best friends. Draw It Out comes in a variety of ways. It comes in a concentrate that you mix with water, a topical gel, a topical CBD gel, which is my favorite. They also have products for dogs and humans. The Rejuve Gel is the real deal. It's great for the professional athlete or the professional grandparent. So head on over to LonePrairiePHS.com. That's LonePrairiePHS.com. And be sure to enter code AMY10 in the notes for your sweet discount. Lucky episode number seven. So I'm typically not a superstitious person. But after today's episode, I guarantee you're going to get some goosebumps. Stevie Hillman has always held her own amongst the saltiest of cowgirls. She might be just a tiny gal, but she is mighty. Her mind, her grit, her passion comes from within and is so infectious to all that surround her. Stevie has been there and won that, and man does she have a story to tell. No, really, she does. It's called Mind Fuel. Her and her husband, Ty, teamed up and wrote a book called Mind Fuel. Click on the link in the show notes for more information. Without further ado, here is Stevie Hillman from Weatherford, Texas. Okay, um, well, let's go ahead and get started. So today on the show, we have Stevie Hillman. Um, Stevie, so I'll just let you start out by telling us who you are, who you are where you're from, and a little bit, a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, hey there, this is Stevie Hellman. I uh, live in Weatherford, Texas, originally from Colorado. Um, I feel like I can say I'm a Texan now. I've lived here long enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I live in Weatherford, Texas, and professionally barrel race. Cool. And you're married to Ty, correct? I am married to Ty Hellman. Yeah. Yes. Cool. How long mm-hmm. have you guys been married for? Oh gosh, it is 08, so... Yeah, it's been a while. Going on on 13 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now, you guys dated for quite a while, though, before you got married, didn't you, in college? We did, yeah. Yeah. We met, actually, when I was 18. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, I never imagined. I obviously never thought I'd meet my husband at 18. And so, met him, and we became, thoroughly became best friends and hung out a lot and did things together and uh, got married when I was 21. 
So. Oh, what a sweet story. I feel like if most of us <laughs> married the guys that we dated and we were 18, whew, damn, I would have damn near been divorced by now. <laughs> I know. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, how long have you been barrel racing? I know you did you you kind of grew up with a little bit of horse background, correct? Yeah, so I, I grew up um, on my grandparents' farm, basically just kind of running my horse around. And we always had horses gathering cattle and... Um, at my dad's and then my mom she would team rope a little bit and I really got into it with my stepdad I mean as a kid my parents took me my dad and mom took me to you know play days and um, just little shows that we did barrel racing and keyhole and I'm sure most people don't even know what keyhole is anymore but <laughs> no, they, they still do it at all these little like play day shows they still do the keyhole the plug um, oh, okay. poles everything oh yeah Okay, so yeah, I did that, and just, I loved horses, I was basically born on a horse, was on a horse before I could walk, and um, that little girl that just had the horse addiction, and I've never shook it, so um, my stepdad, uh, he actually is who helped me start learning, he trained horses and showed AQHA, and we're really good at it, so he's the one that I give most of my credit to for learning my foundation of, of starting a horse and how to train one and um, just taught me a lot. So started there and then I never had a finished barrel horse bought for me. I always had to kind of train my own and ride the team roping horse. So which looking back now, I'm so thankful for because it taught me so much, oh, yeah. um, you know, and so I started running barrels and, um, you know, when I was younger and Got to go to MBHA World and uh, tried to college rodeo on a four-year-old and figured out real fast that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you always so learn what I, to not do, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't think this is going to work with him. <laughs> so I, I quit that and actually I had met Ty and he was college rodeoing. So I put off running barrels much. I, you know, I trained some horses for a lady and road cutters and rainers and polo players and um, just focused on my school before I really, really took off on the barrel racing side. Yeah. So at what point did you decide, because I kind of want to, we'll rewind here in a minute, but at what point did you decide, I think I want to take this one step level. I like, I, I want to go pro. What, at what point did you feel like you could transition into the next level? Well, I always dreamed of it as a kid watching the NFR, you know, and mm-hmm. seeing the pro- barrel racers I always dreamed of it and had that vision in my head and just really knew I could do it and I it's funny we lived in Oklahoma we moved from Colorado to Oklahoma and uh, I just knew I said I I need to live in Texas because that's where all the horses are and that's you know horse country barrel racing and so I did I moved to Texas and I literally met Ty right when I moved down here for college and um, you know I never really thought about it until I wanted to go to school. That was my focus. I wanted to get a degree, but so I was able to kind of train horses, um, help some young horses for a lady. And um, she is actually the one who let me train a horse off the track. His name was Hammer, mm-hmm. Amaral Design. And that was when I was in college. And he was my first horse that I thought that had the potential. I, I trained him and was reserve rookie of the year. And he just... He won effortless. Like within three months, he was in the one D of training, oh, yeah. which is crazy. You know, he was just super talented. Um, so he was my first one to really think, 
I can do this professionally, you know, and I want to do this professionally. Um, so that was 2012. So 2011, 2012, I, that's really what I wanted to do. And, um, so that's kind of when I knew that that's where my passion was. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of go back a little bit. Um, so back in March of 2012, things were going great. You won the championship title at the American when you won $100,000, which a couple days ago when you had agreed to be on the podcast, I was like, you know, I'm just going to Google because I want to know a little bit more information about like how much did you win? And I, I just wanted a little, I just wanted to read a little bit about it. So, and I hit images and just to see if you haven't Googled yourself and looked at that, you should, it is like, I got a little bit emotional and, and I, I barely know you. So it is just really humbling and so cool to see all of the images of, um, and of course a lot of pictures were of you and Sharpie, which isn't accurate, but still it, it kind of shows everything that it took for you to get there. And then it showed you like being interviewed when you were emotional and, you know, tie on, you know, on the Palomino going in with you. It was just so cool. So first of all, congratulations, because I felt like that just kind of got brushed over. And then because COVID hit like literally yes. the very next day. <laughs> so tell us a little <laughs> bit about your win at the American. Emotional is the perfect way to describe it, um, and it makes me almost tear up just you talking about it and thinking about it and kind of putting myself back in that moment. Um, you know, first off, for for Truck to shine like he was able to in that pin and in in front of that crowd, you know, just kind of make made my heart so happy for him. Mostly because he kind of gets he doesn't get the recognition like he should because he rodeos in the summer you know where it's not really live on tv or a big deal but he yeah. pulls through he pulls the weight in the summer and works really hard for it to make the nfr and then he doesn't even get to compete at the nfr before this this year mm -hmm. so for him to be able to be in that spotlight in front of that many people and that i think that's mostly why i was so emotional about it because that horse means the world to me and it's just been a really cool journey with him and uh, last night, even Ty said the bond between you two is just crazy, mm -hmm. and it is. He just he has my heart, so mm -hmm. that and was he really knows cool. it. Yeah, he does. He really does. And so it was cool to be on him for that win. And honestly, I, you know, I I'm a crier. I'm just emotional, and <laughs> I do. I saw a vision. God showed me. I was up on stage telling everybody that God is good. And so mm. when I won that. It was like, you already showed me this vision, and here I am, you know. So I think that's why I was just super crybaby about it. But <laughs> The rest of us yeah. were at home crying with you, I know. <laughs> Watching it on TV, we all, I mean, just, just hearing you, t I'm, I'm a crier too, so <laughs> kind of reliving that with you. It is just so cool. I think that's a great story. So anyways, continue. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It was, it was surreal and obviously a huge blessing with COVID hitting you know, not knowing that that was going to happen right after that. we I don't know what we would have done without winning that. It would have been pretty rough. So it should be blessing all the way around. Yeah, absolutely. So then COVID hit and the entire world shut down. So how did, <laughs> yeah. how did the shutdown treat you guys this last year? You know, honestly, it was kind of a bummer because we didn't get to go to Houston. And uh, that's where mm -hmm. kind of I start doing good. Truck likes Houston. And so we didn't get to go there, and um, we kind of thought 
is this happening? You know, is everything else going to shut down? We just didn't really know at that point what was going to happen. And we didn't stop. We actually, you know, we just kind of rolled right into, we have young horses. I have a customer that sent two really nice um, colts. They're three this year. And so we just rolled right into our young horses. And it's like, we didn't even stop. Actually, we worked a lot more than we probably would have and haven't stopped since. It seems like so... We have lots of horses around here, and um, Ty and I are both committed to getting these colts going and get some maturity horses, and we've got Pendleton, our stud, that we've got some babies mm-hmm. being born this spring. So we did, COVID did not slow us down one bit. Which is good. I felt like a lot of, yeah. the majority of the, all of the horse industry as a whole, you know, chores still have to be done, feed still has to be delivered, hay still has to yeah. be cut. So, yes, we're all very respectful of the virus, but at the same time, st- same time, you know, livestock still has to keep going. So yeah, yeah I agree. And, so, anyways, go ahead. I I'm say, sorry. I say it didn't slow down. We worked probably twice as much as we would have. Yeah. But you know, the the rodeos that weren't there, where we're used to winning, you know, I'm used to winning decent money at Houston and um, having rodeos to go to, and so not having those rodeos and not having that income that could have been there. You know, and without winning the American, it, it was uncertain. You know, we just weren't sure is is there even going to be any more rodeos? And so, even though we didn't slow down, you're right. The whole port industry had to sh- slow down and shut down somewhat, and that was hard for people. You know, I, th- I know it was hard for everybody, but talking about the horse industry by itself, it it, it was hard for people to keep going. Yeah, it was. And financially, if you don't have that money coming in from any from any winnings, then how are you going to feed your horses? How are you going to be able to put fuel in your truck? It's it's a domino effect on everything and everybody. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about Pendleton. I see you post a lot about him on Instagram and social media. So tell us a little bit more about him. Oh, yeah. Pendleton. He we call him the wild man. (laughs) He's been a fun one to have for sure. You know, um, we got an embryo out of Martini, which was a huge blessing. Michelle had um, worked it out with us there because we had trained her and ran her at the rodeos. And she is very special to me and holds a special place in my heart. So having him around here has been so much fun. Um, he is a handful. He just thinks he's the hot stuff. And uh, my shoer said it right. He said he's just a little punk. He's got all that <laughs> hair. He knows he's handsome. He's just a little punk teenager boy right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's been fun to have and Ty's been roping on him a little and he's four this year. And I feel like just within the last several months, he's really starting to mature and kind of act like a horse. And so we're really excited to see where his future goes. He He just has a presence about him. He just knows he's cool you know and it's just fun to have we're excited to see the babies born this year and kind of see where that goes cool cool so of course this episode wouldn't be fitting if we didn't talk a little bit more deeper into truck and sharpie the kind the horses that are that you're most well known for (laughs) so let's start with truck what's his personality like is he smooth to ride does he have any quirks Mm -hmm. very quirky (laughs) the good ones always are Oh, gosh, he is very quirky and um, just full of personality. He's very demanding. Um, He is not very patient about anything, as lots of people have seen in the alley. Um, He's a handful. (laughs) And uh, he's really strong. He's just a really kind soul. He has 
he's just very kind, but he's demanding and um, needs your help and very needy horse. But we've we've had this special bond, and um, he's just funny. Like last night, we were cleaning pens, and he just over there like licking my face and <laughs> playing with my hair, and he's just he's always he wants to be center of attention. So if I'm giving other horses attention with Sharpie, I had to be careful because he got jealous of Sharpie. And so I had to make sure truck was getting the attention he needed. (laughs) So, uh, he's just been, he's been the biggest blessing we could have ever asked for. That horse has, uh, owes me nothing. And, um, Melissa and Jason have been gracious to allow us to buy him and let him forever. So that's great. That's great. So one thing I always ask everybody that's on here when they have one specific horse, they talk a lot about, um, is a theme song. So if truck, if he had a theme song, what would it be? Well, you know, Benji, uh, we have a theme song at the rodeos. It's Nickelback's animals. (laughs) And it's so fit for him. He's just, he is a big, heavy elephant and he's just in four wheel drive motion all the time hence the word so he's truck. like that bowl in a china cabinet that he is and he's big heavy and kind of you know into everything but he is he's pretty smooth to run he's just super powerful it's mm-hmm. like you got the truck on four-wheel drive and you've got the pedal mashed to the floor so it's not rough but it is it's a powerful ride you better be holding on so his name fits him 100 percent oh Absolutely. And then the wild little animal song is, is pretty fitting for him as well. Yeah. He's a character. So what kind of bit do you ride him in? Do you run him in the same thing when you work him at home versus when you run him? Um, I don't typically ride any of my, or run my, all my horses ride in a bit and they run in a different bit. Typically that's kind of my, just mm-hmm. what I've always done. I like to work them in something and then run them in a different bit. So trucks, truck pretty much rides in, anything um he is a little more heavy mouthed uh, i'm in his mouth more than i like to be and he's just been that way from day one and mm-hmm. since i got him um so he rides in like a slow twist uh, got a couple different bits here i just ride him around and mm-hmm. um ride in a hackamore but then i run him in the kathy james uh reverse gag just two-piece twist and a lot of people ask me about that and the key with that bit is I put it really tight in his mouth so that you have that immediate lift and it's that so you have a lot of lift and a lot of feel in that bit but some people end up putting it loose in their mouth where you don't have that same feel completely different bit when you put it loose in their mouth versus pretty tight and trucks trucks is pretty snug to run and he runs in that he gets it right off his head after his run and that's it because it's it's pretty snug yeah which which is exactly what you want so what kind of feel do you look for when you're trying to find the right kind of bit for your horse uh obviously it depends every horse is different uh soft mouth versus more hard mouth um I just like a response. I don't want to be pulling on my horse or begging my horse to do something I'm asking them to do. So, and I'm lighter handed. So if I have to have more bit there when I need it, that's how I am. And I I typically like just a little more than I need because I am lighter handed. I like my horse to respond when I ask. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then what kind of saddle do you ride in? I ride in the Shiloh Encourager and Contenders. Cool. And then do you ride in the same thing when you ride at home versus when you compete? I do. I I have a couple saddles that are kind of colt saddles and they go on a lot of different horses, but 
truck, Sharpie, you know, all my rodeo horses typically have one saddle that they they ride in. And yeah. truck saddle to go on anything else. Yes. Yeah. Truck. <laughs> truck saddle, Sharpie saddle. Exactly. Yeah. So then let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit about Sharpie. Um, what is his personality like? What does he like to ride? What's Tell us some things about him. Sharpie is an instigator. He is... <laughs> <laughs> that just cracks me up immediately. He's an oh, instigator. <laughs> he is an instigator, and he will... He's bit horses. I will tell the story of him biting my mare's ear in the trailer on the way to the NFR a couple of years ago. Oh, no. Tell us um, about yeah. that. <laughs> he... So it's funny now. Um, and Bendy's like, oh, my gosh, don't tell anybody this. So she's going to laugh. But <laughs> we're headed to Vegas last year, and and uh, and my mare has big ears. I mean, Millie, poor Millie. She's got some big old ears. And we stopped to look, tie, checking on the horses, and he opens the first window, and it's Millie, and there's blood splatter everywhere in the trailer. like Just, just like you cut a cow, cow horn off. <sighs> And he had reached over and bit her ear. And it was t- a total cheap shot. He's just ornery like that. He can do the most ornery things. And so I always have to tell that story now and laugh because it's like, really? And then in the trailer, one of the other horses bit the other one's nose. So then there's blood there. And it's like, my horses are just really ornery. I don't know what it is about it, but I get the ornery one. <laughs> so you must keep a little first aid kit and trailer uh, cleaner right on the side of your uh, little... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I need to buy some muzzles, but anyways, it's funny. I'm sure she was irritating him, and he just grabbed a hold of that ear that was sticking through the hole. So <laughs> so he's an instigator for sure, and he's ornery. He's constantly playing. Like when he's here in the pens, he's just constantly playing with the horse next to him. Um, I think that's why he irritates Truck, because he just wants to play all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's funny. He, he's got the cutest little head and the big eyes, and everybody thinks, gosh, he's just so sweet. And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's got a sweet side to him, but he's mostly just Omri. You know, he's that little boy that's real cute, but you better watch him because he's going to get into everything. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's got a funny personality. He's, he's just cute to be around. Um, Ty's nickname for him is Sharpie Daniel. He's kind of proper, you know, he doesn't really... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really like to get muddy and I don't know he's just got that cute personality like that but yeah, definitely I, has inside. I feel like everybody's husbands have nicknames for their wives horses <laughs> yeah <laughs> whether if it's something I can or cannot say on this podcast they all have nicknames <laughs> yeah yeah Ty's like Sharpie Daniel with his little sweater vest yeah his little bow tie he's got his yeah. got his little pointed toe <laughs> shoes on got it exactly that's Sharpie <laughs> so what kind of bit and saddle do you ride on Sharpie you know it's funny I feel like well, a lot of people have a bit that fits their hands, and I will tell you that that Kathy James bit and the no-hit bit is, is similar, and I, I ride a lot in the no-hit bit, which has um, got the same feel pretty much, but you can choose to have a rope curb or a chain curb, mm-hmm. um, so that's pretty cool. So I ride Sharpie, and I kind of go back and forth with him because he, you know, you got to kind of change it up with him or he gets a little strong on you uh leaning but uh the kathy james two-piece twist and the no hit bit two-piece twist okay well let's go in um so i'd like to think that if you ever had a horse resume you would be killing it so um <laughs> i did some homework over the weekend um and i'm gonna throw out of, uh, some things here so stop me if i'm incorrect so sure you've had five nfr qualifications 
In 2019, at the ninth round of the NFR, you ran the fastest time, 13.53, which was smoking fast. I was on the edge of my seat for that one. Whew. So in the last, like, uh, five-ish years, I counted that you have won over 26 rodeos, and you had probably 30-plus wow. second-place winnings, which, as we all know, second the difference between first and second place could be, like, a hundredth of a second, you know. Yeah. You've had experience with polo, right? Polo riders, reining, cutting trainers, probably everything in between. Okay, 2016, you f- you finished 11th in the world. 17, mm-hmm. you finished 8th in the world. 2018, you fin- finished 9th in the world. 2019, you finished 10th. 2020, I believe you finished 8th. I had some hard time finding that info. So in the past five, six years, you have finished in the top 11 every year that is amazing like have you really thought the depth of that yet no I have not just hearing you talk about all that I I'm like wow really you know I don't really you know I live live the memories and have enjoyed it thoroughly but I don't look back too often and add it up like that that that's pretty cool yeah and if and if you could win 37 more dollars your career earnings would be Seven hundred and seventy-seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven dollars. Oh my gosh! I think your I think your number for this year is number seven. I'm just saying. That is, you know, it's funny you say that. Seven is my number. <gasps> oh no way! <laughs> seven is God's number of perfection. So seven is is my number. That's really funny. My, I literally just got chills. That is crazy, uh, yeah. Stevie. What? Really I'm gonna send you a check for thirty-five dollars. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm sending you a check, and you're going to consider it earnings. That is crazy. Well, maybe it's my lucky year. Yeah. Yeah, six, seven, $777,745 is what you've won so far in your career earnings. Congratulations, girl. You are killing it. Slow, hi- slow clap right here. I appreciate that. That's fun. That's fun to hear that. Yeah. You know, that's something not a lot of people do. For themselves is their like career highlights um actually yeah. i think your husband and i had talked about that one time on the phone last year about you know think about your career highlights in your head and it's something you know of course you know you don't want to be gloating or you know be too boastful yeah. but at the same time you need to give yourself cur- give yourself credit when, when credit is due and girl you've got some street cred out there <laughs> <laughs> thank you i appreciate that you know it it's been fun, and you said, Ty, he, you know, he does my resume and stuff to, to kind of keep it more professional, because he does all that stuff, but he knows my career highlights, and we'll look back sometimes, and it, of course, it makes me cry, and it's like, I'm so thankful, and it just overwhelms me with gratefulness to look back at the pictures of all these horses I've been blessed to jockey and train and be on, and I mean, that's, that's a dream come true right there. Um, you know, and I always said when I was little, I wanted to jockey a bunch of different horses. You know, I wanted to be able to ride lots of different horses. And boy, I'm going to tell you, be careful what you ask for, because <laughs> I feel like I've just had a lot of uh, challenging horses thrown at me. And I, I guess that's what I like is the challenge. And um, it's been it's been a fun ride. That's for sure. Yeah. Speaking of dreams, if you could ride any horse, whether it be past, present, any horse, which horse would it be? I have to answer that with Hotshot. Oh, I, yeah. 
Yeah, that horse was so fun to watch. It just looked fun to ride, and he was lit, a little buckskin, and I loved buckskins, and I just, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is hot shot. He was a little snappy one. He was, man. He would get lower on those barrels, and just he mm-hmm. never quit running. So he was he was fun to watch. And <laughs> you like those wild horses, though, I tell you. <laughs> exactly what somebody else said. Why do I pick the wild ones? <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. So um, going back to Ty, so I know Ty does the um, the mental coaching. How has he helped you along in your career? Oh, he, um, a lot. He has definitely molded and helped me have my mental game that I have now. And obviously he doesn't coach on me anymore. We just were able to kind of be more husband, wife, encouraging, supporting, you know, he offers advice and sees things and says things, but he, he's learned that he kind of had to find that balance of being my coach and being my husband as well. So I'm thankful for all the training he has done and everything he knows, because when we, you know, when I first started out, the difference between 2012 hitting a barrel at the BFA on hammer to do really good, you know, that was totally me choking and um, learned a lot from 2012 to 2015. I learned so much from Ty and how to change my breathing and change my focus and just everything about my mental game has come from, stemmed from Ty learning something and then growing from there, you know, so I'm very thankful for that. He's definitely gifted at what he does. Yeah, yeah, he is also. So now he does a lot of roping and you do more barrel racing. So when you guys get a horse in, like say from a customer or a client, I know you guys probably do a little bit of schooling for for roping and for barrel racing both. Um, so how has that helped your guys' program with your horses? Yeah, a lot. And you know, Ty has come a long ways when I first met him. Um, no offense to team ropers, but he was a team roper that didn't know a whole lot about uh, horsemanship and He's just grown and learned, and he wanted to. He loved it. He loved riding the young ones and still does, and we both love teaching horses, and I think that has just made the biggest difference is we love seeing a young horse confident and growing and learning, and I love to see him go on with other people. So that's something we want to do more of is start these young ones and then send them into good hands and watch them do good. That's something I love. So the team up inside of it, I feel like, has helped with them mentally you know they're able to go out and do something else other than run barrels you know he'll run at that smarty or run at the cattle and teach them to you know run at something and right back and kind of keep their head together when they're learning to run so it's been fun I think they should be able to do several different things um that's just something I grew up with and I'm very blessed to have Ty you know have the horsemanship skills that he has and he's so patient with one we always joke because He'll make one super lazy and laid back and almost too gentle. Mm -hmm. And then I get on him, and for some reason, I bring the crazy out in him. And I'm very (laughs) quiet. I just bring the wild out in a horse. I don't know what it is. So we're a good team. Yeah, you guys, it's it's like a teeter-totter. He brings them down, (laughs) and then you bring them back up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, with, especially since you guys have a lot of young ones right now, um, do you have any? I don't like to talk drills too much because mm-hmm. I that's just not a, a forte of mine is doing a lot of drill work. But what's something that you guys tend to lean more towards? Do you do you have any drills or barrel type things that you like to do with your horses? Do you do a lot of pasture work, long trotting? Tell us a little bit a little bit about what you guys do. 
Yeah, we have, um, so we've got two two-year-olds will break here before long, and we've got three three-year-olds and three four-year-olds. And so I, I'm not a drill person. I, I don't have just drills. I do with every horse. I do the poles on, on all the colts. I feel like that teaches them to move off your leg and move forward. Um, so I love doing the poles on the young horses. Um, one thing I do like is here at home I have the barrels set up in a huge pattern, and then we have a little dug-up track that we can run a long ways to that first barrel. So we like to teach them to run here and slow down to turn and just kind of teach them different things. There, you know, there's a few drills I'll do when I feel like a horse needs it, but it's more horse-specific. I don't do it on all of them. Obviously, the young horses need to learn to load perfect circles and be able to move forward in that turn. And then when they start speeding up, that's where you kind of have to change it up a little bit. But um, I'm kind of slow to train mine. You know, I want to run a few of these at the Futurity, so I'm going to have to step up my game. But I'm slower to train mine just because I kind of like to take the horse's time at their own pace and push what they can handle and then back off when I need to. So that'll be a challenge for me is to step up the Futurity game. I'm going to need to call on some help there from some of my friends <laughs> well yeah and tis the tis the season for futurities right now that's for yeah. sure like yeah, I, like we were yeah like we were talking earlier i've contacted a few futurity trainers to have on the podcast and everybody's just so busy right now and having a hard time committing and i yeah. get it that, that futurity world is tough it is it's crazy and the horse flesh is just getting better and better i feel like every year and um it's been fun to watch for sure so It'll be fun to step these horses up. I've got a couple really nice bred ones, a couple slicks, and epic leader and a smooth guy. So it'll be fun to see what these colts um, do the next couple of years. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So one of my reasons for having you on this episode was um, I want people on the show who make this horse industry grow and thrive. So what is something that you would like to see change and maybe not change in just the horse industry, um, but maybe the horse industry as a whole? So what's something you would like to see less or more of or something that you would like to see change? Well, um, you know, that's a hard, hard question to answer just in the horse industry, because I feel like, you know, we had talked earlier about the horse, the price of horses right now is just it just keeps climbing, which is great the horse industry we have a million horses you know i feel like the horse market is flooded more and more but with that being said the the quality and the prices just continue to go up so that's neat to see you know to continue to grow the way that it's growing um i would love to see you know we've talked about this before with other people to see the professional sport of rodeo turn into more like football where athletes are being paid to travel on teams and kind of a tiered rodeo system, which, you know, WCRA and the American have definitely helped in that area. They've, they've helped the, the rodeo world tremendously with the payout. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see that, but I would love to see a tiered rodeo system where the professionals are being paid to travel. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. But I think, think that, cool. you know, comparing the rodeo industry to a major industry like the NFL or the NBA, it is equally just, I mean, think of, I, this, this could be a really deep rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm trying not to get too deep here, but just think of like the sponsors, the arenas that could benefit 
the mm-hmm. um, it, it could just benefit everything so much more. I like I said, yeah. I don't want to speak too much because I feel like we could just talk for hours about this. We could, we totally could. But I think it would be a fun opportunity to have, and I do think WCRA and the American have you know have tried to push that way, and it's it is growing, and things things are changing for the good, and. Um, there's so many more opportunities for everybody to run for good money. Yes. Um, you know, so that, that's exciting in our industry. Yes, um, and I, I hope that continues to get more and more and more yeah. and more as time Absolutely. goes on. And with COVID, so much has changed, you know. Um, yes. I've been to quite a few barrel races where they've had, like, quote-unquote um, COVID barrel races where 10 people show up and they have an hour time slot, and then the next people show up in the next hour time slot. And, yeah. you know, the entry fees are more and the payout's better. But, you yeah. know, for barrel racers, this is great because you only got to drive yeah. two hours to run for an hour, and you're going to be home in five hours. And it's you're great. done. Yes. yes. You know, I, so... things are changing in our industry and I agree with you that with change comes more and comes more opportunity and with change there's always a loss somewhere with any kind of change there's going to be a loss but there's also growth within that loss if you choose to see it oh absolutely that's the point that's the main point is if you choose to see it you know one of the other things that I hope the you know last year and then now this year's looking like a COVID year so to speak um is, is the division of, you know, rodeo, I feel like it's family. We're all in this together. We support each other. And um, I, I just don't want to see, I hope people don't start separating from the fellowship and the encouragement of each other with what's going on with COVID, you know, six feet apart and stay away from everybody. And I just hope that doesn't become something of the norm for people, you know, Correct. our family, we do this together. This is the industry where we want all of us to encourage each other, be competitors, but, um, I just don't want to see that happen. So, yep. I agree. We all still have to get along and love one another at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I won't, I want to take up too much more of your time, but lastly, tell us a little bit more about you and Ty have a new book called mind fuel. Yes. Um, that's been on Ty's heart for a while now. Um, he kind of gathered that information mostly, you know, a lot of those stories are ours together. Um, but traveling and overcoming obstacles and the success we've had and um, just the journey we've been on, I feel like God put it on his heart to make a book out of it to encourage and help other people. And that one was was thrown together a little quicker than he wanted. We want to put some pictures in there. And so I do see him coming out with another one before long. And I do know he's got some other stuff up his sleeve. Uh, so I won't. I won't speak too much about that, but um, it's exciting. You know, I love the feedback we've gotten on it and has been amazing and just people love it and the stories that help them get through something similar to think that they're not doing it alone is kind of what we hoped for. So it's been, it's been great. Wonderful. Great. Well, I know I got my, I got my copy. I'll be honest, I've only made it four pages in so far, but <laughs> I plan well, on reading it. Yes, yes, taking my time. It is literally snowing sideways as we speak. So today would be a good day to get that back out and get a cup of hot chocolate and enjoy that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, gosh, Stevie, you're amazing. Thank you so much. You've been a joy to chat with today, and I cannot thank you enough for taking a time away from your busy schedule for us today. So I'd like you to tell the listeners where they can find you on social media. Yeah, for sure. Look look me up. I've got a professional page on Facebook, and then um, I've got my personal page, and 
on uh, Instagram and Facebook. I'm not huge on the social media. I'm not great at keeping up with my messages, but um, feel free to message me and um, check us out at preparetowin.tv. Our website is getting bigger and bigger. We're going to have maybe some clothing and some hats on there soon for Pendleton and for Team Hillman. So check that out, and then you can always contact Ty Hillman. He's better about getting back to people. (laughs) Nice. Hey, Stevie, (laughs) guess what episode number this is for the Barrel Horse Life podcast? Seven. It is. I just (laughs) realized it. Thanks so much to the beautiful Stevie Hillman for today's episode. Be sure to check out all the links to her social media pages and book in the bottom of the show notes. If you happen to have Apple Podcasts and you happen to want to leave us a beautiful five-star review, please be sure to do so and send it to me in a message and I'll be happy to share it on all of our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook at the Barrel Horse Life Podcast and now we're on Instagram at the Barrel Horse Life Podcast. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm headed out to go buy some lottery tickets. I'm betting on Stevie's lucky number seven. Thanks so much for listening, guys. See you down the road.